Hello and welcome back to season two of Vibe Talk Awaken. I am your host, Vibe Queen, and I am just so excited to be back on the podcast. I know I took an extended break for a couple of months and it was uh, much needed. I needed to, to really recharge and just uh, get settled in California. I moved from Chicago to California and it was definitely an adventure getting settled here and I still feel like I'm getting settled here and yeah I needed that time to to really just find my bearings so sometimes pauses are necessary but I'm excited to be back on Vibe Talk Awaken and since this is season two of this podcast I felt it was vital to start the season off with a with a solo episode and just really update you all on where I'm at on my awakening journey what has been new uh as far as my unfoldings the lessons i've i've learned and are still i'm still learning because this season i'm specifically focusing on talking to those that are coaches and leaders within the spiritual space so i talk to those that have overcome some pretty pretty hard wrenching realities within their world and what life looks like after overcoming those things and especially adding a spiritual awakening on top of that, right? And so I have some really uh, profound conversations and the way that I, I structured the season is we start off with their awakening and what got them to see the world through through that lens. And then from there, we talk about their their coaching business and how they were able to take their newfound lens on life and create a sustainable business out of that aha, if you will. So I get to have some really incredible conversations and I have some more guests lined up as well. So I'm, I'm really, really excited to, to share these conversations. But before that happens, I wanted to share some, some ahas that I've experienced. So let's get into that. So yeah, I moved to California about three months ago. And when I first got here, I ended up staying with a friend in Topanga. And that was a really beautiful experience. There was a lot of time for reflection, a lot of time for going inward. I meditated a lot. I was surrounded by beautiful nature. It was a really, really beautiful, magical time for me to also say goodbye uh, to my biological father. He he passed away during that month. And I feel incredibly grateful, oddly, that he passed away within that time frame while I was staying with that friend in Topanga. The friend I was staying with, he's a trauma healer. And so I was literally with an expert an expert at holding space for people that have experienced trauma. I was with an expert and I remember, you know, when the news came, I needed to cry. And it was like, it was almost challenging. And although I was able to cry, being able to share the news with someone who was able to powerfully hold space was an incredible experience and I hadn't had that before. And so I'll share the story as to how that came to unfold, but just know that if you are able to have an environment where 
Someone's able to hold space for you where you can be your truest, most authentic and vulnerable self, whether that's through a coach or a healer or through a friendship, through a partner. That is a beautiful thing and show that person a lot of, of gratitude, which I definitely felt because that is a beautiful thing, a beautiful thing. And so how did that all unfold? So yeah, this is a story of my life turned upside down. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I, I shared bits and pieces of my story on different platforms. And uh, I notice I haven't often shared the entire story of where of how I've come to be where I am today. So I'll take the opportunity to kind of piece it all together. So I found out that my my biological father, who who just passed away about two months ago, was my biological father 10 years ago. So I grew up with my dad, who's still alive. I consider him my dad, who raised me. I didn't know that this was all happening until 10 years ago. And so this all came to be because I went to get my dual citizenship. So I have German and American citizenship. And so I went to go and apply for that. And that is when I found out that I had a whole nother family. And it was a shocker for sure. It's like, imagine, you know, growing up thinking, you know, who your family is. And then you find out you, you know, half of your family is not your biological family. It's like, wait, what? So it was, it was definitely a shocker. And so at the time, you know, this is 10 years ago now, I was 26 at the time, you know, my mom was told that my biological father, you know, he was in the military at the time. My mom had me very young. She was 17. The next day she turned 18. We almost shared the same birthday. And so she was told that he passed away in prison. Okay. So he went to prison for attempted murder. He got into a, a scuffle with some at a bar. This is in Germany when he was stationed in the military and he broke a, a glass bottle, got into it with someone and they got it like into a fight and it turned into attempted murder charges and he went to prison and he was in prison for many years. And so she was told he passed away in prison. So I'm like, okay, I have a whole different father. He passed away in prison. I'll never get to meet him. Okay. So that was a lot to take in. And at the time I was also married. And so this was a lot to take in. The person I was with at the time, you know, they had their own set of traumas and stuff they were dealing with. And so, you know, that kind of only deepened that trauma bond, if you will, at the time. And I just, I didn't really know what to do with that. It was just, it was like a sensory overload of information. And at the time, my mom and I were not in great terms and it just, you know, we ended up not speaking for about five years. It was just not, it was not good. And so fast forward the story, 2016 rolls around and I get a message from my biological father, he's alive. So after like 35 years, you know, this man comes into my life, or at that time it was 32, I don't know exact age, but, and he's like, yeah, I'm your, I'm your dad. And so now I'm just like, okay, the plot thickens, like what is, what is happening now? And so I, you know, I eventually do talk to him on the phone. I get his side of the story of things, you know, cause my mom tells a very different side of the story. And yeah, it was, it was pretty, my mind, it was almost like it, it's, it's, it was, it was a layer of awakening different from my spiritual awakening. I'm making air quotation marks for those listening to the podcast and not watching on YouTube, but it was almost like it planted the seed of questioning my reality. 
it planted the seed of questioning my reality because I remember thinking to myself, huh, if I can go my entire life thinking my dad who raised me is my blood and then being told he's not and then being told this man is dead and then all of a sudden he's not and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, what is real? How do I even know what is anything? Because my life has been surprise after surprise after surprise after twist and turn. It almost made me so resilient that it's like, okay, I don't even know what's real anymore. Like, I don't even know. I, I don't even know who I am, literally, because I've I never even met this man. And I looked at pictures and I'm like, yeah, I kind of do look like him. And you now after I spoke to him, I'm like, okay. This is interesting. So it already started to plant the seeds of questioning my own reality, although I hadn't had that, you know, spiritual waking yet. This is 2017. So then I find out I have a sister, you know, I have an older sister and I, I start a relationship with her. We start talking on the phone and, you know, it's just like, wow, there's a whole nother universe, a whole nother life out there, you know, and she has five sons. So now I'm an aunt you know, and it's like, okay, wait a minute. I have this reality I live in. I'm this person, right? But all this time I was an aunt and I didn't know. And there's like five kids out there that, you know, that I'm an aunt to and I didn't know. It's like, how much, how much more do I not know? And then it's like, I don't know what I don't know. And so it's like, all of these things are happening. And it's almost like I was already awakening, but in a different way. And I didn't really even know it, right? So it was, it's like, it was already like starting to unravel for me, my reality, if you will. And then of course, you know, 2019 rolls around and a lot of you may be familiar with my awakening story, my actual awakening story. I read A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, Tolle, I don't know how you say his last name. And uh, that's really what like shook me. And uh, I learned about the pain body and trauma and all this stuff and, you know, for those of you that have been following me along, you know what happened next. And I, I went down the rabbit hole and, you know, the red pill and conspiracy theories and just, you name it. I went through it all. I went through it all very, very rapidly, very rapidly. And, you know, within all of that, I, I got to know my sister and I got to know this whole other side of my family. And it was a crazy journey of just awakening and unfolding and questioning and, and truth seeking really you know, and truth seeking outside of myself, like, of course, the pandemic hit and all of these things happened, but also really truth seeking within myself. Who am I in all of this? And who am I outside of all these stories that people keep telling me new parts of who I am? Who am I then outside of that, right? So it was, it was a very interesting experience to, to go through and also to reflect upon as I'm sharing it now on the podcast, which is kind of cool. So, so yeah. So once I started talking to my, my sister, you know, I got a phone call from her and she told me that our dad had an accident and, you know, I always put it on the back burner kind of like, yeah, maybe, you know, one day I'll meet him. I'm in Chicago. He's in upstate New York. And, you know, he, he ended up turning his life around and he became, interestingly enough, a, a web website developer and into business and very similar to myself. And he had a music background. I was like, oh, wow, you know, one day I'll meet him one day. Right. And she told me he got into an accident and he became paralyzed and he became paralyzed from the neck down. And I just remember thinking to myself, wow, 
paralyzed from the neck down. Another plot twist in the movie, huh? And I remember thinking such a selfish thought to myself. And I remember feeling a lot of shame and guilt around it because one of my next thoughts was, well, how am I going to be able to like, you know, spend time with him and, and, and walk around with him and like build this relationship with him? Like if he's like paralyzed, like this is not good. Like we need to get him up and moving. And then I remember thinking like, wow, what a selfish thought that is. Like this man is paralyzed and here I am thinking about he needs to get better so that like we can meet and hang out and he needs to just like, he needs to be healed and fixed. And then I remember feeling guilty for feeling guilty. And you know how those loops go. It's a never ending pit. And I connected with him through Skype. And, you know, he was 59, I believe, when he passed, or 58, something like that. And he looked like he was in his 70s or 80s. Like, he, he looked like he had aged significantly. And I remember asking him if he had given up hope or how he was feeling. And he seemed really optimistic and happy, full of, full of energy, considering his circumstance. And, you know, we... We did a prayer together. We meditated together. <laughs> and I remember sending him this video of a survivor, of a, a plane crash survivor. I learned about this person in like a self-development course I took back in real estate. And this man, he was paralyzed from the neck down. I think he could only blink. And he healed himself. He healed himself through like the law of attraction and things like that and positive thoughts and all of these things. And so I'm like, okay, that's going to be my dad. Like, that's going to be my biological father. He's going to be able to walk again. You know, these are the things that are going through my mind. I send him this video. And after I sent him this video, I didn't hear from him again. And so I started to feel a sense of guilt of like, oh my God, you know, did I overstep? Maybe he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, want to get better or, you know, like all of these things were going through my mind. I'm like, oh, did I do something? I don't know. And then a month later, he's in the hospice. And I'm just like, wait a minute. How did things just get so much worse so quickly? You know, a person who is paralyzed, as devastating as that is, you know, that's not typically a death sentence that, that quickly, like something else must be going on. And so long story short, I, I, fi I find out, you know, that he also had HIV. He also had AIDS and he didn't tell me. And he was feeling a lot of shame and guilt around that, you know. And it really made me reflect because I was like, wow, here I am in my head when I have no idea what's going on in his head, in his body. And I'm here sending a video, trying to make him heal, right? Sending my agenda, my beliefs, oh, law of attraction, right? When he had a whole nother thing going on in his body, right? And he felt a lot of shame and guilt around that, you know, because of the way he contracted the disease, the STD, the disease or whatever. And, you know, I have no judgment around it. But then again, you know, I, I just met this person, you know, we don't, we're still building a connection and, you know, and so just zooming out of it all. There's a reason I'm sharing all of this, you know, I'm sharing this whole story is that you just, you never know, you never know what people are going through and you never know where they're at. 
and what's going through their mind. And so it just really taught me like, wow, like you just, you just really never know. And I just feel really grateful that I was able to spend the time that I had with him and for technology, you know, Skype and got to just say goodbye because so often we don't always get to say goodbye to those that we care about because we don't know that their, their time's going to come. And so how fortunate I feel to have known he would be passing on and to have been able to spend that time. And so as the time came and he then eventually did pass on, I remember feeling such deep grief in my heart. And it's like, I didn't know what to do with that because it's not like I grew up with him. It's not like I knew him closely, but I felt such profound love and connection for him despite it all. And the first thing I did was call my father who raised me. Me and him are very close. We've gotten very close over the, over the past couple of years. And it was interesting because when I called him, you know, my dad who raised me, and I love him so much, and I, I shared this with him, his reaction was, was kind of, was a little cold and a little detached. I shouldn't say cold. It was detached. That's what it was. It was detached. And I, and I, at the time, couldn't understand. I'm like, why is his reaction detached? I'm here crying and grieving. I'm like, oh. And it was detached. And it wasn't until after I got off the phone and after I was able to process everything, I, re I realized, you know, my dad who raised me, you know, and after conversations I've had with my dad, and these are all vulnerable conversations I've had with my dad who raised me. And I'm sharing this really because I'm hoping this inspires you to have these types of conversations with your parents if you feel called to. But it's brought us closer. You know, I feel a little bit awkward sharing it, but it's like it brought it's brought us closer. Is that my dad didn't have his dad growing up, really. You know, they weren't close. And his dad was very detached. And one of my dad's core wounds, and he shared this with me, was that he was so excited when he got married and he had his son and he had me. And he was like, dad, this is my wife and my kids. And his dad was just kind of like very detached. And, you know, my dad comes from a big family. And so he just really didn't have that father figure in his life. And his dad also passed on when he was younger, I think like early 20s, you know, so he didn't have him like for his whole adult life. But Anyway, the fact is, I remember him saying that. And so even though it hurt in the moment, like my dad wasn't able to really hold space and, and, and be there for me. And like his words of comfort were kind of like, oh, just get back to work. You don't have to really go to the funeral. Like that's not really your family. Like, you know, toughen up, like you'll be fine. And I know he was coming from a good place. I was able to kind of, I was able to zoom out and recognize, okay, he's coming from a good place, but no, I should grieve. I should not toughen up at this time. I should not just get back to work. I should not step into my masculine, which is what I always do, and overwork and ignore my feminine and push away my tears and, and not give in to crying and, and not feel the grief and the pain because my dad couldn't. I should fully feel that. That's an important emotion. I just lost a part of what created 
this vessel. You should absolutely honor that. And so the advice that my dad who raised me, you know, that advice was not good. That wasn't good advice. <laughs> you know, that was not good advice. But he, you know, he was doing the best he can. And I love him for that. You know, I don't resent him for that. I love him for that. And I understand his father wound because I talked to him about it. And I told my dad, you know, like, hey, that really hurt when you, you know, we had a conversation. And I'm so grateful my dad is able to have conversations like that with me, you know, and I recognize not everyone can do that. And me and my mom are still working on that relationship <laughs> to this day. But how amazing is it if we can learn to have conscious, beautiful conversations with our friends and with our parents and with people in our lives that can move us forward towards understanding and unity and compassion like how how beautiful is that i think that's amazing and i think it can be done we don't have to be passive aggressive we don't have to do the silent treatment we don't have to ignore our feelings we don't have to people please you know and i ignored my dad's advice you know i, I said thanks i hung up the phone i reflected i recognized my dad was just projecting his own stuff in that moment you know i let it go i forgave him you know and i cried <laughs> i booked that flight to go to the funeral because he said to not go and i i did go and luckily you know i was staying with a dear friend who was able to just hear me out recognize that you know yeah okay this is this is tough this is a tough situation and I was able to express myself and just really just cry. And yeah, that's what I, that was a big, that was a big one for me this summer. And so I really just needed to experience that. And I was not in a place to, to be here on this podcast. So I needed to just experience that, which is why I had to press pause. And I think that's important. You know, I used to have this hustle, hustle mindset of just go, go, go. I remember on my Instagram, I posted once, you know, no days off. And I was so proud of that. Like, yeah, no days off. I don't need, I'll sleep when I die. It's the mentality I used to have, you know, living in New York. Ooh, oh yeah. Now, mm -mm. no, 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 no. I have one day off. Okay, I, I, will, I will get to two eventually. I have one day off, but it is a true day off. And I think that's important to have a day where you can just play. And so, you know, if you feel inspired to create, you know, I don't think you should suppress that, but it's truly just a day to, to, to play and to really tap into that inner child. And that's something I've really been called to talk about. Even in my meditations, I started teaching meditations in VR recently, virtual reality. So if that's something you're interested in, you can check the show notes. I'll have the link for that in the show notes. I teach virtual reality every Friday. As of now, the time is 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. However, that may change. So just check the show notes. The link will be in there. But if you have an Oculus set, it's so cool. You can create your own avatar. It's uh, pretty dope. It's a partnership with, which is a really cool platform and community. They have live events. They have networking events, DJs, all kinds of stuff. Really cool. And so I, I teach meditation for them. And I did a meditation earlier today, and it was all about tapping into your inner child. 
and just recognizing and realizing that we all have an inner child, right? We all have an inner child that just wants to play, just wants attention, just wants love, just wants a hug. And so that's really what I I try to focus on on my day off. It's like, okay, what does inner child Tamisha want to do today? And nourishing that. So I just felt called to to touch on that. So I I hope that resonates. One of my favorite sayings now is taking imperfect action beats perfect planning every time. And so just starting, just going for it. That is what all of these upcoming guests that you're, you know, about to listen to week after week, that's what they all have in common. They just went for it and they made mistakes. They pivoted, right? Relaunched, you name it with their courses and their programs and all of that good stuff, but they didn't give up. So with that, I hope this episode gave you a little bit of a glimpse of you know my background and where I'm coming from and uh, yeah I really hope you enjoy this upcoming season we have some really powerful leaders and uh, coaches and stories I just want to leave you with the quote I came up with I think almost at the beginning of my awakening journey and I want to leave you with that quote at the beginning of the season because it's really the intention that I have for everything that I do, for this whole human experience, if you will. Because the more you question and take the time to be curious in that childlike awe and wonder, which will, you know, inevitably lead to that self-awareness of like, whoa, right? Being able to then tap into that, that is what eventually with self-acceptance and patience and compassion and all of the lessons you then learn on the journey will lead to that inner peace moment to moment to moment and when you look at it like that all of the tools that you use meditation journaling talk therapy coaching all of that become who you are moment to moment to moment and it's almost like eventually It's like inner peace is just who you are. Uh, Self-awareness is just, it's who you are. You become self-aware to the fact that you are peace, all-encompassing. And so as you're on this journey of life, right, you're using all of these tools that you're discovering, that I'm discovering, really. And once you self-actualize it's like oh the peace it was right there because i'm it (laughs) all along it's almost like um the aha i had around manifesting is that you are the manifestation you are it there's no need to manifest still coming from a place of lack wanting is you it's you are the manifestation of everything that you desire And so becoming self-aware, that's the gateway to inner peace. I hope that explains my favorite quote. Sending you so much love. And until next time.